Welcome back to It's Actually Good, a podcast about 10 teams, one ring, and some extremely powerful brains. I am your host, Alex Goldberg, alongside my esteemed colleagues and co-hosts, Nick and Will. Uh, once again, I must are we, offer... Are we using my uh, full name on this podcast? Uh, we can we can edit that out. That's fine. Dox him. It's totally fine. We'll just call you the vizier. Let's just, let's just give it a, let, let's give it a beep. Let's All give right. a beep in there. We'll give you a, a bleep and just refer to you as the grand vizier. I don't care how much of a fan I am. <laughs> fan I am of being given any title that begins with grand. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. Thanks very much for that. Yes, just the vizier then. Once again, uh, time to offer our disclaimer. We offer this every week, but if you are not somebody who is in our league or unfortunate enough to be one of our various domestic partners that is potentially within earshot of this, please, 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 what are you doing here? Surely you have something better to do with your time. And uh, I just, I don't understand why you're listening, but- But also- But also, but also, it's actually good. It's actually um, good. It is actually good. Yeah. All right. So before before we get started talking about football, let's talk about our lives. Let, let's just do that. Vizier, what are we calling we this? Life, the life, the the life segment. That sounds good, right? Yeah. That really has a has a nice ring to it. A nice segmented life. I feel like I'm um, a segmented life. Uh, life of the the life a, a around the life. league. It's time okay. for life. <clears throat> I'm going to take it. That, that, that's good. Okay. That's good. It's time for life around the league. That sounds pretty good. And I'll put, I'll put a sting there or something. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like it's great. You're back. Uh, I'm back. Uh, I had to, I had to grab my speaker from the other room. Who's staring my poor girlfriend. Apologies, Bill. Life around the league. Life around the league. It's time uh, for life you- around the league. <laughs> Was she? Did she hear us podcasting? No, she did not. Thank God. Okay, that's first. Yes. Then getting and, and caught jacking clear, off. Uh, truly, oh, yes, much more self-indulgent. Um, <laughs> I just yeah. watched the Norm special. By the way, he has a fantastic bit. His his latest one before he passed. R.I.P. Norm. Uh, rest in peace, Norm. You were yeah. definitely a weird man, but a very funny one. He has a hilarious uh, Norm, said, bit. Said bad one. Rush. I mean, glad yeah, sure. you're dead. Ooh, wow! Scorched, scorched earth. Yeah. Um, well, that's know, someone uh, who's who we're glad is dead. But it's time <laughs> for life around the league. Yes, uh, my opinion. In my opinion, Norm Macdonald, funniest person uh, to ever live. Anyway, so uh, let's let's give you like a little a little hint of my life right now. Oh, actually, I think it makes more sense, honestly, to start with Alex and then to finish with me. Okay, I'm given ha- given the circumstances of today. Sure. So I'll start with my life. My life has been in kind of a crazed place right now. I'm juggling far too many things. Rough day? Yeah, well, not rough, just overstretched. I am simultaneously like trying to be not the worst history teacher that I know, which is going okay. I'm, I'm doing a reasonably good job of, at least my students like me, even if they're not learning anything. So that's good. Do they respect you though? <laughs> Um, do they respect me? I would say about 60 bordering on 65% of them respect me, which I think is actually fairly Pretty good. good. Mm. 
So I'm juggling that. I'm juggling the sheer amount of podcasting that I'm doing, which uh, is now a great way to lead into a shameless plug. If you like Celtics and the Celtics talk and other things about the Celtics, listen to the Celtics Lab podcast after you're done listening to this podcast. It's good. And uh, it's also taking up a great deal of time in my life. And then, of course, on top of that, if you like some of the music that you'll hear at the end of this podcast, mm-hmm. I am also a guy who does music and specifically in a band called Divine Sweater, which is playing a show in Washington, D.C. at DC9 this wow. Friday, tomorrow. And yep. so that's causing me a lot of stress because I have to teach and pack and try to be at least a semi-decent partner. I'm, I'm running out of rope there. I'm being, being kind of a shitty one. Sorry, Belle. I'm so sorry. I love you so much. And then also... And how about Cat Dad? And then Cat Dad as well. So I've got my, my fat furry son who is currently sitting by my feet yelling for food, um, mm-hmm. as he does. So I'm, I'm in a lot of places right now. My head's kind of all over the place, not even to mention the fact that I'm juggling three fantasy football teams, which we'll get into in a little bit. So this explains then why today at about <laughs> yes 5.15 p.m. Eastern time, you let us know you were driving down the freeway holding two <laughs> cell phones looking like Joe Dumars, trying to inform us that we'd be late for this record. Yes, that's correct. Unfortunately, um, it was actually 8.15 p.m. Pacific time. So as some of our listeners might have guessed based on our last episode and the references I made to it, I recently watched Interstellar, a Matthew McConaughey, Christopher Nolan movie. Really good. But uh, I'm very much feeling like Matthew McConaughey in that time is moving differently for me. I am, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm definitely in a place where like, I feel like I have aged seven years in the past week. So what's interesting about that movie is that, first of all, I appreciate that we've gotten the plugs done in the traditional first five minutes of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, as you Um, do. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, secondly, my favorite thing about Interstellar is that they did, it is, uh, does contain the most charismatic Nolan character, which is Tars. Tars, I love Tars. Uh, Tars is great. (laughs) Tars fucking rocks, and uh, and it makes sense that the the only likable Nolan character ever is a robot. Yeah. Um, You want to do sixty? So so we uh, I uh, in my life uh, asked Alex if he uh, felt owned when he was (laughs) when he was speeding down the highway, Joe Dumar style, two cell phones, begging. Yeah, or or like uh, like Mark Cuban begging via text <laughs> for trying to get a hold of us, <laughs> trying to get a hold of us via text, trying to get a hold of the the Zoom meeting via text, uh, begging, sending a rocket ship as a JPEG. <laughs> yes, a la Paul Pierce. Um, mm. What a wonderful day that was. <laughs> yeah. So, Will, you said he was oh, owned. Man. I asked him if he felt owned. Uh, I believe. Or maybe I just said he was owned. No, you said he was owned. Yeah, you, I I think you asked me, but with the implication that you were already assuming that I was owned. Okay, so, so what this is, what this is all leading up to is I usually leave work at 4.30 p.m. I, uh, today, had to hold on to do an account analysis of a a small New England pizza chip factory. Damn. 
The small New England pizza chain. Yeah, no, the chip factory. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's a huge, chips? There's a huge chip, huge chip shortage. There is a global chip um, shortage. Shout out to me not yeah. having a car. Right. Lithium dusted <laughs> um, Cheetos. Yeah, exactly. Uts, Uts microprocessors. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I was doing something for work. It's very boring and I won't bore you with it. But it, it led to me leaving a full 45 minutes later than I normally would because my boss thought that it would be worthwhile that I stay and take notes on this call, which it was. It was a, it was a good productive call, but, you know. So it turned out that I'm, I'm late. I am owned. I was the one do-marsing on the freeway. <laughs> Cut to and, Will uh, ripping down it, the 101. Yes. On his Bluetooth You know, so... Uh, were you driving 90 miles just to whip was, Matt Barnes' ass? <laughs> it was the 405, first of all. Don't come at, don't, uh-huh. don't come at me with the, about, about the highways here. I will, you will so be viciously owned. There's a lot of lanes. Uh, yeah. What was your driving experience like when you were out here? Just being in a lane that disappeared and frantically shifting to the next lane. Yes. Welcome to California. Um, so, but uh, other than that, I have, um, I have just today gotten very good news, which is that after trying multiple times, I've finally been deemed unhinged enough by the University of California, Irvine administration to receive a service dog. Hey. Um, so we will be getting a dog soon. His brain um, is so broken that he needs a dog to function in society. Uh, in fact, they said, when? they said, we looked at that trade you made. <laughs> we can understand that your brain is not working in, in the correct manner and that perhaps having a calming canine presence around you would make you a more effective partner person and a fantasy football owner so but but yeah it's been a, it's been a good week i got uh bought some golf clubs and um ready to just go full-blown piece of shit guy nice playing golf bryson making mode. deals Having a dog, I'm gonna get a pit bull and uh, and try to make him fight children. That's cool. That's that's how I will use my emotional support dog. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's you, not uh, right. Nick, Nick, did Sarah faint again? <laughs> no, she's been doing great. She's no, actually out amazing. on the town. Oh man. Okay, <laughs> that is so great. I'm sorry. I uh, I was what I was trying to set up for is. The reveal that she just faints whenever she would have to talk to you. That's tough. Like that's tough. That's pretty rude. I like, like it. Yeah, like yeah, like that's pretty funny, right? Yeah. yeah well, like having spent any time with you, and then she pretends yeah. to be having some sort of health crisis. She clenches her jaw until she faints. Exactly. And she just keeps her keeps her knees locked. <laughs> you threw the lob up, and uh, Nick, Nick misread the trajectory a little bit and got fouled. Yes, getting to the line, but did not. Complete. And now his uh, yes, this is a classic Kyrie Gordo situation. Oh no! I mean, um, I frankly uh, don't throw lobs to Kyle Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Nick, Nick, what's going on with your life now that Will and I have both been owned for swerving through traffic with two phones? <laughs> <laughs> Well, in my life, I am currently unemployed. Well, I graduated with my master's back in May, and then I did a summer research position. And now I am unemployed and I'm looking for jobs. And a lot of the jobs are similar to the jobs that I had before I went to grad school. And that 
hmm. makes me feel like closing my own loop. I was looking at one job the other day and it was a, a federal position where they place you with a government agency. And the idea is that you develop management expertise uh, related to the field that you're interested in and contribute to public service through wonderful partners such as Coke Company's Public Sector LLC, nice. which <laughs> uh, the, in the recruitment video said that they are seeking driven, optimistic, and unjaded talent unjaded. to join their program. Really important there. That's a fascinating, that's a, that's a fascinating wow. qualification. I wasn't fully sure if I qualified. Yeah, no, you need to smile while you eat the poo-poo. Well, didn't, well, but wait, didn't this also result in you deciding that you want to abandon public health completely and go uh, into the noble and long-held Jewish tradition of slinging bagels? A little bit. <laughs> I think you no. should. I think it's cool. We, no, we there's... need to do this bagel shop situation. It's true. Yeah. This it is kind of a dream. Right. I mean, maybe if okay, the but, profits for it's actual. Yes, exactly. When we have a Patreon, we can turn it into the bagels. And speaking of Nick, I don't I don't mean to cut you off, but there was a, uh, a reason why we all got together here. And I believe that was to talk about football. football That's football. true. Yeah. We've gathered here today to discuss the impending fourth week of the NFL season, as well as do a retrospective on the week that was in the third week of the NFL season. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. It was, um, so I would say the headline of, of week three, it's more of a hamstring line. Am I right? Uh, I don't know. It's hamstring week. I hate everything. It's hamstring week. I, I, I just, this is, this is an awful thing. It's an awful time for me. I am just, you know, I, I feel like I should be on cloud nine because I'm finally out of the loss column. I finally got a win in our league. But it's just the pall of Christian McCaffrey's hamstring injury is hanging over me. And uh, I don't know what to feel anymore. So, yeah. well, Coach Matt Rule says that there's not going to be any IR for Christian yeah. McCaffrey. And he's likely going to be mm -hmm. out for three weeks. I have, uh, we'll, we'll talk about waiver stuff a little bit later, but I'm, I'm chubbing up. I've chubbed up for uh, the next couple of weeks. We'll just have to see how, how big Chubb Hub does in the McCaffrey role. But yes, I'm uh, interesting thing that there were three waiver claims for Chubb Hubbard and not ten, but yes. that's just me. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I uh, I think that just on the waiver point, uh, big fuck up on the on the commission's part, beginning of the year, oh, not having a fab budget, instead doing rolling waivers, uh, rolling mm -hmm. priority waivers definitely makes it so that whoever doesn't do a transaction just gets the person that everybody wants. That's fine. It is some Fisher price, baby bullshit. Mm -hmm. Perhaps a modification for the next year. I, I believe, I believe that would be in store for us if we were to continue with this group, which I don't see any reason why we should not, but, uh, but yeah, why not? Chubba Hubbard is the, uh, is the backup for Carolina. Also, is it Chubba? Uh, Royce Freeman. It might be Chuba. Chuba, I don't. I uh, truly don't care. I'm gonna um, call him the Chub Hub for foreseeable future. <laughs> true. That is that true. That was the. Uh, I, it's funny. I was. I. I feel like I was. Uh, I, that's a website that I've been on before. Mm. So, Chub Hub. Yeah. 
or what? Hmm. No, so, so there's a lot of different directions you can go. You can go Pornhub joke or Grubhub joke. Hmm. It's true. I think Grubhub joke is funnier. I think so, they both I'm work so sorry. really well. Anyway, no. <laughs> so McCaffrey, um, obviously, guy who I drafted with the number one pick, and I'm stupid because. The thing is that McCaffrey is always projected to be the number one pick and give you number one value. And then he will inevitably be out for three to six weeks every year. And yet I took I don't him know anyway. if, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it feels I, I true. Think he, it feels very it, true. He's he's known, in fact, for being pretty prior to last year, being a durable guy. The thing is, he just takes so many hits. And like, I mean, I do think the Panthers look better because Sam Darnold is actually like not horrible. He just had to deal with Adam Case for most of his career. The Panthers definitely look better from an offensive standpoint than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be, myself included. But McCaffrey is still very much the hub, so to speak, of everything that they do. So we'll see. The Hubbard. Hubbard, if you will. Some other stuff happened this week, though, that we should definitely talk about because I'm too sad to keep talking about Christian McCaffrey. We got more hamstrings. We got more hammies. It's true. My boy, AJ Brown. Titans. Titans receiver, who uh, many pegged to have a really big year, is hammied. Luckily, they do have Julio Jones. Who is also, who is also hammied, of course. Oops. Oh, no. Both of the Titans' top two receivers are now hammied which is not great. Going to be a lot of Chester Rogers this week against the Jets. We'll see how that goes. More passes Uh, to Derrick Henry in the flat? I think that's a thing. I think they're trying to go out of their way to do that this year. I would really hate for the Titans to take the first loss to the Jets this year. That would be a grim fate. I don't think they're going to do that, but it's on the table if both AJ and Julio are out. Obviously, hamstring injuries are never good, and AJ was dealing with some hamstring issues, particularly in the playoffs last year. That being said, the Titans coaching staff appears to, based on what I've read, have expressed some optimism that it's not like a worst-case scenario, super severe hamstring injury, and I think there's reasonable expectation that he'll be back in a couple of weeks at most. Yeah, we got Deontay Johnson who also missed week three with a knee injury and remains questionable for week four, although he did get in a limited practice on Wednesday and today. And so hopefully will suit up, but the Steelers offense is similar to the Titans in pretty woeful shape in terms of health right now. Uh, They're also going to be missing Juju Smith Schuster in all likelihood with his bruised rib injury. And they also do have a corpse at their uh, quarterback position. That's the thing. <laughs> I was going to say the Titans offense at least has a real life human being in Ryan Tannehill, uh, whereas the Steelers offense just has a, a corpse that is not only it's it's not only a corpse. It's like not a fresh corpse. It's like bloated <laughs> and kind of ballooning and like it's it's puffed up with a lot of decomposing gases. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ben has looked terrible, and that's honestly fine with me, except Deontay mm-hmm. Johnson is on Finally, the team. The outside, the outside matches the inside now. Yes. <laughs> uh, once again, another just brief programming note. Uh, everybody in this podcast hates Ben Roethlisberger, and if you don't, you probably should. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. reasons. <laughs> um, the Giants yeah. are also part of Hamstring Week. Yes, it's true. Uh, Darius Slayton, wide receiver, 
fairly important to the Giants and as much as one can be important to the Giants, which is not, they, they don't really do that much. But yes, it's true. He's got a hamstring injury. We'll see on the severity. Another Giants receiver hamstring injury, we've got Sterling Shepard. So that's both of the top two Giants receivers out with hammy injuries. So that's three teams with their top two receivers hammied for this week, which is kind of crazy, but here we are. Well, I think Juju's a rib thing or? Oh, yeah, no, I guess. But they're missing, yeah, uh, it's it's a, there's a lot of low-end receivers getting work this week. Right. Wrapping up the injury report, we've got Rams running back Daryl Henderson, who was out week three with his own rib injury, and then Sonny Michelle filled in, did reasonably well, 23 touches, 79 yards against the Bucks. We don't know if Henderson's going to be back either. That injury is still on the table, but it's trending towards looking like he will play. Giovanni mm-hmm. Bernard, the Bucks running back and third down pass catcher, he is looking to be out this week. Yeah, I, I remember uh, there was a there was a, a stage at which it looked like Leonard Fournette was going to be getting a lot of the uh, a lot of the pass the lot of the targets yeah. for out of the backfield for Tampa Bay. I just think that 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 offense nobody other than Godwin is really getting the, the volume or with consistency that you really want. Brady likes to spread it. He is going to spread it all around this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck. As a Patriots fan, I am I am not excited. From that shellacking, even considering putting a little wager down on the Tampa Bay minus seven line <laughs> to make it hurt less. Yes, uh, perhaps a uh, well. I mean, I just think it's a good bet, honestly. Patriots lost like, James yeah, White. They He's do. Out. They did. That's another thing for the year. Uh, yep, out for the year. Which um, which does that make Damian Harris a bigger? Well, so wait. So here's the deal, guys. We got to talk about it. We got to talk yeah. about the trade. The trade. It's true. It's true. For the listeners at home, you may have noticed if you're in our league that, and again, if you're not in our league, why are you here? But if if you are in our yeah, league, please, please, please go. Um, if you are in our league, you may have noticed that myself and the vizier here engaged <laughs> in in a bit of trading this week. I sent out the previously aforementioned Hamid A.J. Brown, a player who I have much, much love in my heart for, along with Damian Harris, the Patriots rookie running back who many expected very big things from this year for, for uh, Najee Harris and Jamar Chase. And that trade happened. It was a, a fairly big trade. I will go first and say that. Uh, you, also, uh, you also had Brandon Ayuk in the deal. That's true. I did throw Brandon Ayuk in the deal. So I'll, I'll jump out by saying that I feel pretty good about the trade so far in that I am I got my first win this week. And a big part of that win was the performance by both Jamar Chase and Najee Harris. So that was pretty cool. So I'm feeling okay about this trade. Now, obviously, well, it is- I, I guess it, it, we're going to be biased. But Nick, I think that Nick should give it his take. Oh, that's right. I should cast judgment on the trade. Yes. So AJ Brown out with a hamstring has underperformed so far this season. Ayuk, he was in Shanahan's doghouse in San Francisco, did not get any work in the first couple weeks. Week three finally showed up on the radar with a few nice catches. Damian Harris, he's uh, struggled a little bit. He has not been good in pass protection and has let Mac Jones get some serious hits and get hurried. And his running has been solid, but 
I would not say spectacular. Whereas Najee well, Harris one is, really great run. Yes, no, he certainly is capable of breaking them loose, but in I'll terms of the vision and finding finding holes consistently to pick up chunks of yardage, I'm not sure that he's he's doing that yet. Whereas Najee Harris is on a terrible Pittsburgh offense, but he got 19 targets in Week Three, just being peppered for short gains and taking a ton of hits in the process. So it, there are some concerns about his long-term durability, although he's a very big, strong guy. But that is great volume and great three-down work from a player in an NFL where that's an increasingly rare role for any player to hold. And then we did see Jamar Chase also link up with Joe Burrow for two touchdowns in week three. And I think that was a big reason that Alex was able to win his matchup. And one stat is that now dating back to college, Joe Burrow and Chase have linked up for a touchdown in 15 of the last 18 games that they've played together. So it's Thursday night football. Chase has a few catches. We'll see if he's able to snare another TD this week. Overall, I would solidly say that Alex won this trade. I do not think I, that Damian Harris is going to turn into a high-end RB2, and I do have concerns about the Tennessee offense and lingering effects of a hamstring injury. But I don't think it's a blowout. I think it's just a, a solid trade for a team that was trending towards the bottom of the standings that has potentially... I think that it's far shot. too early to tell, and, uh, <laughs> and I think on the uh, when the trade was made, I think a pretty... Very even, if not. I mean, obviously, I don't do it if I know AJ Brown is going to get a hamstring injury. But yeah, uh, I I don't think that you're going to see that level of target volume for Najee ever again. You just don't get 19 targets for anyone. No, um, not that much. I, and I'm I was I had a lot of concerns about the Pittsburgh offense in general. I I just I think that these those two players, given that T Higgins was out and Deontay was out. Are, we're, we're both having a week last week where they're getting far more targets than they usually would. And mm. I, uh, I mean, Damian Harris is going to have a bad week this week. That's why I'm not starting him because, you know, you can't run on Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. But I feel, uh, I feel pretty good. I'm not worried. It's going to be interesting to see. So I, I will jump in and say that I was concerned about AJ Brown's hamstring when I made this trade. And then last week justified that concern. That was definitely part of why I did. I was pretty adamant in not putting DK Metcalf on, which is something that you initially suggested. And, you know, it's. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, I, I, I was not interested in that. And I think that. The big X factor for this trade is Ayuk and whether you'll be able to get anything out of him. In this 10-team league. Yeah. So it's tricky because I think Chase has a decent amount of potential as a boom-bust guy. Like on a week-to-week basis, he could be really good or just be totally left out of the offense. And it's going to be kind of hard to predict which weeks he's going to go off and which weeks he's not. I will say... The Steelers' offense is bad, but I actually think that is maybe good for Najee, provided he can stay on the field, because I think the reality is that the Steelers are not going to be able to move the ball without getting Najee involved in some capacity. So my big concern for my team heading into week three was that my my running back depth behind McCaffrey was bad, and I feel 
reasonably okay now with Nashi in the fold. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, that was the trade of the week. Now it's time for the waiver of the week. It's true. So we're going to go through, we're going to mention a player that we either really wanted and didn't get or hyped on for the future. Alex, you already mentioned Chuba Hubbard, who you were able to secure. He's going to get those McCaffrey touches. Anything else you want to say about the guy? I don't know really anything about Chuba Hubbard. The only thing that I know is that as of now, he is the starting running back in Carolina. Uh, and I picked him up for exactly that reason. I mean, Again, it's looked, a bad podcast. Yeah, it's a bad podcast. But it's good. It's yeah, actually good. It's actually good. It's some, actually some, good. Some, some, some might say that. I think the reality is that I picked He's him Canadian. up. He's Canadian. I picked him up to hold on to McCaffrey's spot until McCaffrey comes back. I think that he will be involved in the offense to some degree, but I imagine that Darnold is going to take the reins as kind of the lead guy initiating offense there. I do think he's going to get a decent amount of touches and, and catches, though, just by virtue of the system that they're running. Darnold has a rushing touchdown every week so far. It's true, yeah. That probably I, won't hold up. I, but I have to say, I, I have been quite impressed with the resurrection of Sam Darnold, uh, formerly Sam of mononucleosis. And, and now he's <laughs> now he's just Sam. Now he's just regular Sam. And he seems to be doing okay. So I'm so glad that you were able to escape the clutches of Adam Gase. Nobody should ever have to deal with that. I don't know. <laughs> I think Chuba is going to be fine. I, I, I'm going to start him this week and see what I've got. It's a little bit boom bust, but my other option is James Conner, who we'll see. So Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. So my guy, <laughs> my waiver of the week is Derek Carr. He is leading in the league in pass attempts and is very high up there in passing yards. He may also be at the top of passing yard. And Justin Fields was my other QB behind Justin Herbert. And wow, week three, Matt Nagy. Way to go, bud. That was a great (laughs) scheme that you rolled out there. I loved uh, the way that you pretended Justin Fields was Andy Dalton and tried to get him murdered. Nine sacks? Nine sacks? (laughs) Good God, that was I watched the game and it was that was brutal as hell. So the Bears line is simply too bad for me to hold any stock in Justin Fields. I don't know if you guys have differing opinions on that matter, but I ditched him and I went on. I'm I'm on the car, the car train boat, the car train, Uh, car, 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 car. my car train. (laughs) Get off my Uh, train car. There we go. You're you're on a wait, a car, a truck. Uh, that had like a car truck you know those trucks yeah they carry a bunch of cars uh yeah 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 that's pretty good yeah i I like it's pretty good i just think it's fascinating that um derek carr is also the younger brother of david carr legendary houston (laughs) texans qb who did pretty much exactly what justin fields did this past week except he did that over the course of multiple seasons with the houston texans yeah just getting viciously <laughs> murked. getting murked every game for just years My leg. it's just it's fascinating to me because like by the end of his career i remember i we, we went up against david carr a couple of times as a titans fan and i remember by the end of david carr's career like it was very much my leg guy from SpongeBob. He was afraid of his own shadow. Whereas I'm, I'm pretty sure that 
Derek Carr has been hit in the brain enough times that he fears absolutely nothing and will maybe That's never. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he, he might That's why never... he gets around, he gets agreed with, uh, he gets on so well with Gruden. There you go. Because I... they both have, they, their brains are working on the same frequency. Gruden's skull <laughs> has been like, baked oh. by the Nevada sun. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, like a flickering, like, bug lamp. So all this brain is brutalized. So so all this yeah. is to say, Nick, I think you made a really good pickup. And in general, I'm a fan of taking quarterbacks whose brains have just been mashed into a fine pace because they don't <laughs> fear anything. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Will, who's your waiver of the week? Well, I sorry, Vizier, um, who's your waiver of the week? My, you can use my first name. Um, okay. So there's a. There are two guys who are on the wire who I think would be good ads for folks, but they just don't really fit on my team. And that is the number two and number three receivers on the Buffalo Bills, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Now, if this was a PPR league, people would be starting Cole Beasley, but it is not. It's a half PPR league. Also, it's Cole Beasley, notorious COVID denier. Uh, yeah, or vaccine skeptic. Yeah, um, now... Is that look, look? I, I there, I'm sure there are players on on my fantasy team that don't love vaccine. There are players on my basketball team in Boston Celtics that are probably unvaccinated. Jay Rich, hey, look, if Jay Rich can lock up can lock up Bradley Beal, who is also probably unvaccinated, <laughs> they they can yeah that that's a bubble. Uh, yeah, uh, but but yeah, and Emmanuel Sanders two touchdowns last week. I'm surprised some somebody isn't overreacting and putting him in their lineup right now. But Josh Allen, you throw? I did in my other league where I'm 0-3. Yeah. Sanders yeah, is the, the deep ball threat for the Bills offense, which has looked incredibly productive. So I'm, yes, I'm with yeah. you on that. But but that would be – I would take a look at those if you're a little thin at wide receiver. But uh, I'm not because somebody traded me Brandon Ayuk for no one. It's true. I'm mad. Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I had a plan, which was to pick up Hollywood Brown to, to fill that IU mm. role because Hollywood Brown is ostensibly the number one receiver in his offense. And then he subsequently dropped two touchdown passes last week, which yeah. is making me feel great. Unfortunately, yeah. Lamar he does not have hands. Yeah. He's not about that. Yeah. More like well, that was Brown? waiver of the week. That was waiver. More like Hollywood Brown? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more. It's actually good. And we'll be joined for the first time by a guest. Wow. The inestimable Michael Rich. He's so wealthy. God, he's so rich. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome back to It's Actually Good. And uh, folks, we got some big news. Uh, it's starting up right now. We are joined now by our first ever guest, 
Uh, he's incredibly wealthy, incalculably so. Uh, you might know him as Mike. Uh, Michael Rich, welcome to the show. How are, how are you feeling, Mike? Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be a guest on the show. I'm glad that you finally invited me on. Ka-ching! Yeah. yeah, we were, we, I think that there was some thought as to making sure that we brought you on so you would not continue owning us with your podcast. Your better podcast. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that it was better, but it was definitely more trolly. Mm. So, uh, well, I, I, well, okay, that's fine. That's fine. So, we have a few questions for you, Mike. And yeah, um, I have a few questions. Nick's Nick's got a few questions that he'd love to ask you. So, Nick, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you take this away. I'm not mad for anyone that has not for anyone that has not listened or doesn't know the the intricate backstory of our fantasy league <laughs> um, and our lives. Mike Rich won the last time we played in a fantasy league, and he also then won the March Madness tournament that we had. It's true. Uh, has taken <laughs> money from from every member of this league before, I believe, other than perhaps no, no, every member because Cole was in the March Madness league. Which well, there you I go. just wanted I just wanted to get some clarification. I've always gotten the sense that you guys are at nine people in these leagues and you need one more person to just throw money into the pot and then I end up winning, which I find incredibly mm. entertaining. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting that you I'll, find it that way. I I'll tell you what, Mike, I'm definitely not upset about it and would never convey that even if I was. So Nick, you have some questions that you want to you want to We're jump not into. Mad. I have a few questions I want to yeah. deliver in a calm tone. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Mike. Yes. It's great to meet you. Great to meet you. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much. I want to start off and ask you, who do you think you are? <laughs> I'm a, I'm the guy that wins fantasy. Oh my god. You son of huh. That's he, that's yeah, no really- shame. That's that's really interesting. Um, I have a question that I'm, I'm going to jump in with. So, Mike, one thing that the listener should note also is that uh, Mike and I come from something of a familiar relationship in that we are both Titans fans, which is weird for this league, which is run by a bunch of New England people. And yet here we are, two Tennessee Titans fans. Uh, we've been through a lot. You know, we've been through Steve McNair era. We've been through 1999, one yard short. Been through Steve McNair the Steve McNara, we've been through Vince Young, we've been through Jeff Fisher going eight and eight for 15 years, uh, it seemed like. And, you know, I think that we have a lot of shared ground that we can cover as fans. Mm-hmm. That being said, you rejected my trade offer, which was extremely reasonable <laughs> to you last week. Why do you think you're better than me? And why do you hate me? Yeah. Well, Alex, I, I do want to talk about this trade because the trade made no sense, but it, it's good because you ended up, uh, <laughs> it's good that you walked away from me because you're able to hose Will, because that was a terrible trade. Will, oh, why did you accept that trade? Oh, oh dear. <laughs> no, I oh, think it was a good trade. I think I really made it. I, uh, I think if you look at the, if you look at the numbers and what, you know, the consensus ratings of, of all the experts, I came out ahead of the trade. I I mean, I don't know how I was supposed to know that AJ Brown would get a hamstring injury. Well, then, well I think I Alex knew that as a Titans fan. It's, it's he, quite possible. Double knee surgery. Oh, I can't. Can I just say, I can't believe the payoff listeners are getting from part one to part two right now. It's going to be a joy. 
But Will, look, um, I'm not trying to give you that much trouble, but I mean, you gave up Jamar Chase, which I think was just voted offensive rookie of the month, and Najee Harris, who um, had a bad first game, but he's doing well now, for Damian Harris, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. questionable. And A.J. Brown, who has is going to have a massive target share in one of the league's best offenses. Not worried. And no cartilage left in his knee. Yikes. Uh, I... I yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But it's um, you know, it's a it's a one season trade. It's not a it's not a dynasty league trade, not. And um and I'm <laughs> So if it kills me, it that, kills me. Well, I was surprised Will's team actually I was like, "Oh, this guy's screwed." But I looked at your team. Your team's not that bad even after that trade. Like you still got a lot of uh potential. So no, I'm. I, uh, he said, dripping in money, just sitting in an ivory tower and a diamond throne. His team has not that see, For people who can't see at home right now, Mike is draped in velveteen robes. Yeah, not he has velvet, a pontiff set. Velveteen robes. I, yeah. It sounded good in my head. Yeah. Well, look, um, uh, if we're going to judge by the numbers, I won the trade, but. If you know, if we want to tra- tra- if we want to judge it after one week, that is also fine. Will is I'm frantically, frantically screaming, "Stop the count!" on Twitter. <laughs> no, I mean, I thought like I'm like this is a good trade for Alex. I hate to say it, but like Alex yeah. offered me, he wanted he wanted Austin Eckler and Allen Robinson for the same trade that you got, Will. Which Austin Eckler is the number three running back, I think, in most rankings. I've yeah, seen. I mean Very that's. Good. No, I mean that's a much better. That would be much more to give up. Yeah. Than Najee and and Jamar Chase. Actually, how's Jamar Chase doing tonight? He has, two, he has three targets and two catches for thirteen catches for thirteen yards. It's not okay. great right now, but we'll see. Yeah, he didn't. He just doesn't have like he has. You know, he's gotten catches and 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 he's gotten touchdowns. It's just like he doesn't have the target share that I would want for a guy that I'm starting every week in a league that is, that is this. We do have a competitive uh, league. A lot of people, there's fit. nobody who has no wins right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll, we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and wait and learn about that one. I'm uh, I, I is a very good chance that I could be horrifically owned for the rest of the season based on the trade. Don't say that. But anyway, you know, I'm a Titans fan. So I, you know, I'm sure uh, you'd like it too, Alex is uh, for AJ Brown to come back. I certainly would. I'm actually very much rooting for it. And, you know, that whether that contributes to Will's success or not, we'll see. But I definitely would love for AJ to come back because right now our best pass catcher for this week is Chester Rogers. <laughs> see Roger. <laughs> so, yeah, you mentioned, Mike, that nobody in our league has zero wins, but there are a few teams with only one win. Among those teams is yourself. Can you tell us, are you worried about that? I was worried until I realized that I own half the running backs in the league right now. And so uh, uh, I'm prepared to go the full, what is it, games, uh, regular season in fantasy. I'm prepared to go the full 13 games. Uh, Next man up, as Alex would know, that's what Mike Rabel says. Uh, So next man up in my uh, fantasy lineup. Mike Rabel, Question for you regarding Mike Rabel. Yes. Um, do you also share, actually, Alex, I'll, I'll, I'll tee you up for this. Sure. So obviously, you know, Mike Rabel is a really committed guy, as you know, as a Titans fan, he's dedicated to the cause uh, next man up very much, as you said. And of course, you know, 
Mike Vrabel is really dedicated to the cause, so much so that, of course, Titans fans who are listening will remember that last year he did say that he he would castrate himself if it meant getting the Titans to the Super Bowl. Uh, Mike, do you think really hammering this home to our audience? Mike, do you think that uh, Mikey V, our our beloved head coach, uh, do you think this is a good idea? Do you think he's on the right track here? And if so, when should we expect this by? Well, I mean, I can tell you that unironically, you know, we were driving back from the first Titans game this season. And uh, I'm telling my girlfriend, Rachel, uh, I'm so fucking mad that he didn't cut off his dick. I'm very mad. <laughs> uh, and I'm just saying that unironically in the car. And so, uh, you know, he's doing a little bit better in the previous two games. But, you know, I think it is time, maybe around week eight, that he needs to cut off the member. Uh, and and will, you cut off, will you cut off your penis? Mm-hmm. It would meant that you would win this in league. solidarity for a very for uh, such a storied and accomplished franchise like the Tennessee Titans. Of course, I would. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. You know, I I had the blade in my hand two years ago when we were in the AFC Championship game, and then Patrick Mahomes took it out of my hand. So he, he told me, "Don't do it." <laughs> Be like a saw movie. I'll well, be sitting in there with a rusty saw. I'll do anything for the Titans. Tighten up. Tighten up, baby. Do we have any more um, get-to-know-you questions, or should we move on to our most scorching takes of the week? I have one more. Uh, Mike, obviously, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you're enormously wealthy, and part of your vast portfolio is this pile of running backs that you have just sitting in a bank somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I want to know, just from your perspective, when we, Nick, Will, myself, and all the other lowly plebs who are here, when we finally come together to overthrow people like you, uh, where do you plan to hide? Where do I plan to hide? I don't plan on hiding. In fact, I'm going to win. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know what I do with my wealth. Uh, When I collect the fees from you guys, I promptly turn around and invest in the stock market so I can further grow my wealth buying stocks like Amazon, Nestle, Halliburton and Lockheed Martin. I think many of those, <laughs> many of those companies owe a great uh, debt of gratitude for the fees that you pay uh, that oh, I invest no. in those companies with a great social mission. And I think, you know, no. companies have you to thank. Wait, for that. We're feeding we, the war we, machine. <laughs> yes. So Nick, even though you do not want to work as unjaded talent for Coke, uh, Coke companies, it appears that your public industry is yeah, it appears that your fantasy football entries will be will be doing it anyway. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. There uh, is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Shout out to Michael Rich, uh, shameless enemy of the people and corporate whore. Uh, he's going to be here for the rest of our segments uh, for this episode. So, Mike, we're going to let you lead off with this, but... Week three reactions uh, we're going to do for our next segment. What is your hottest take of the week? We like to do this every week. Just just keep it hot, keep it spicy around here. So Mike, turn it over to you. Hottest take of the week. Hottest take of the week. Um, looking at last week's results. I mean, of course, it's got to be Ari beating Will. It's got to be like the, mm. the moment of the week and uh, stand or pull it out because you know, as you guys talked about last week on the podcast, there's a question about collusion and possibly this collusion is backfiring on oh Will. There, there's no, there's no collusion. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be clear, Will has in this episode said that we need to stop the count and that there is no collusion. 
He's yelling this Wait, into a I'm Bluetooth being... headpiece, <laughs> screaming down the 405 am... with the top down. <laughs> There's no collusion. Am... All right, hold on. I've been ordered. I, to give you an idea of, of, of what's going on, I've been ordered to. All right, do you want to just make it another week where you come over here and speak into my AirPods in a way that makes it almost impossible to hear you? Yes. You know, right, we disrespected Ari, actually. She was our first guest. <laughs> I did I like how in the description you called it. She's speaking through a car muffler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Will's been talking to us through uh, like a car phone from like a very old 90s minivan. Okay, hello. We can hear you great, Ari. Hi, Ari. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so there's no collusion between me and Will because like I was, you, you saw the mess of the tight ends that I did today with the free agents. So like, Will doesn't, Will thinks that I should have taken a different tight end. I forgot which one it was. It was on the Cowboys, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to go with this guy. He's highly ranked in the ECR, so. Yes. Ari is, a, all right, Ari is now walking away. Ari is, is claiming that uh, the tight end things from earlier today are proof in fact, she is our proof that she is uh, her own woman here. Okay. Can and I say what the, to me felt like somebody throwing a smoke bomb and disappearing oh, <laughs> and disappearing away? A lot of yeah. uh, misdirection. Mm. Well, mm. I actually had a thought, which was because we have rolling waivers, it's possible that like, actually, you know what? I'm not going to share this thought. Wow. Okay. I will use it for my own evil uh, or my own good Good purposes. And, def- and, and we're definitely not going to see Ari capitalize on those. There's no way that we would see that. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Um, all right. So uh, thank you, Mike. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure what the take was other than that Ari Yeah, what did. is your take on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know this take. I just find it entertaining because if I don't win this league, I want Ari to win the league. Uh, just because so like, how taking, Ari just came on... How Ari just came on the, you know, she spoke into your car muffler for 10 seconds and then walked away. That's how I feel like she takes fantasy. She's like, oh, sure, I'll pick up Dallas Goddard. And then she goes about her day. Meanwhile, me, every time I'm sitting on the toilet, I'm like looking at the fantasy. I'm looking at what the messages are. And I'm trying to get a stock market. And I, I find it entertaining that this doesn't define her life. <laughs> but she, Mike, yeah, are you well, saving your takes? That is a take. Are you, this are you, guy's saving his takes. Well, I feel like he's hoarding I, well, his takes. I don't think that I hoard my wealth. I have to save it all. I'm saving my takes. You're saving your takes for the crypto space? Yeah, for the crypto. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can respect it. All right, thank you for sharing what, what that uh, the, the take there, Mike. We appreciate it. So, Nick, I'm going to turn this over to you. Your hottest take of the week. My hottest take of the week involves the Colts backfield. Colts are 0-3. I love where this wow. is going. They have trailed a significant portion of each game that they have played so far. And Jonathan Taylor, as a result, is quite far down in the running back standings. He is, in fact, behind his backfield mate, Naheem Hines, who gets most of the passing work, gets the two-minute work, gets the third down work. And in this .5 PPR league, it is my belief that Naheem Hines will continue to outscore Jonathan Taylor for the remainder of the season and finish wow. as the leading fantasy running back in the Colts offense. That's my take of the week. That's spicy. 
I don't hate it though, um, because I think it's entirely possible that Naheem Hines will be the only player who does anything in the Colts offense for the rest of the season, given what I saw last week. Just want to shout out to a week one prediction that I had that the Colts would be bad because Carson Wentz is bad. That appears to be coming true. Just going to throw that. <laughs> Will, how's your Colts prediction doing? My Colts prediction? Which one? Oh, that oh, they, they would win the, the division. The, they, would, they would win the AFC South? Uh, yeah, I, again, it's, uh, it's pretty early. What, the Titans are two and one? That's correct. And so they're two, they're two games back. So you're not worried. The hamstring team. I'm, I'm, team oh, hamstring. I'm obviously worried. They look very bad. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, the stakes, I, I'll, I'll, you must say the stakes are rather low. It being a prediction that I uh, forgot to think about. In a, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a, I pulled a Michael Rich where I was like, my prediction for the AFC South is that uh, Ari beat Will. so uh yeah i i think i'll be okay for this three listener podcast plastic deflection (laughs) yes but i do have a hot take of the week yeah go for it my hot take of the week is this currently uh it, it is that tyler lockett from this point on in the season he is uh, currently, I believe, the WR, WR3, the third highest scoring wide receiver in the league behind Cooper Cup and Mike Williams. From this point forward, Tyler Lockett will not be a top 20 wide receiver. I like that. I'm okay with that because that means that DJ yeah. Metcalf will be getting more catches. He'll have like yeah. three more games where he has two touchdowns. Yes. And, well, I mean, that would be, that would be a lot of points. <laughs> but, but I think that I think that for the whole rest be, of the season. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I think that of the of the players that are currently in the uh, top ten of any of the skill positions, he is the guy that we will see have the most precipitous fall. All right, that's a that's a prudent take. Yeah, I don't hate it, and uh, it, that that sounds great for me. So, and, and uh, the reasoning the reasoning behind that is that he's so boom bust, and also like I'm not entirely sure that the Seahawks are good, and um, I think that Russ is just going to throw it to whoever is open, and that's not all, like like he's not not a guy that gets a ton of targets, and so he's like he's not as good as Tyreek Hill, and he's going to have lots of weeks like Tyreek Hill had these last two weeks where they're struggling to get him the ball. And uh, yeah, so I'm just and he's also kind of hurt. Yeah, I mean, so last week DK got kind of more involved in any other portion of the Seahawks offense than he had been at any other point this year. So, well, I think there's definitely something there to the idea that Tyler is going to be falling off, particularly as DK's role starts to expand and as he kind of becomes the clear number one option in there. Uh, I guess I'm ready then to jump in with my hot take of the week. Also receiver-based and uh, looping it back to uh, our friend Team Hamstring, otherwise known as the Tennessee Titans, as it were. But with regard to the pecking order going forward for the Tennessee Titans, it's expected that both of these receivers will be back at some point in the next couple of weeks. But I think that based on what I have seen, having watched now all three Titans games with at least some level of attention, I kind of think that Julio Jones is going to be the number one receiver for this offense going forward. Wow. Yeah, it just seems to me that 
while AJ Brown has definitely got the kind of slot role and the speed, normally I think AJ's AJ's looking a little banged up to start the season. And Julio adds a level of vertical threat that the Titans haven't really had in a while for their offense. Mm. So Julio is kind of their go-to guy for just those up the sideline routes for getting open kind of deep down the field. And Tannehill, kind of the way that he plays quarterback is super play action oriented and lends itself pretty naturally to going for those long throws. So I think you are going to, over the course of the season, see Julio Jones take a bigger role than AJ Brown in this offense going forward. That's my hot take of the week. Do you, uh, are you worried about Julio sitting out in the fourth quarter of that last game? Do you buy the official explanation of why he was sitting out? Or, you know, some people I saw were speculating that tension between Vrabel and Julio. Mm. I think they're still figuring out their relationship. I also think it has to be said that, you know, Julio is potentially out this week. So it might be the case that Julio was physically not in a good place towards the end of last week's game. I would bet that that is the most likely explanation for why he was out. And if he sits out this week, I think that will in effect confirm that he was dealing with some injuries. So we'll see. I mean, it's definitely something to watch. I'm curious to see how they kind of develop uh, going forward. But I think Julio is going to end up being the number one receiver in this offense. I do agree with you on that. Wow. Some Titans fan consensus. Interesting. I'll take your word for it. Honestly, I, I don't have a feel for that offense at this point. But that does segue naturally into our week four spotlight preview. Titans versus Jets. I yes. would love to hear predictions from both of you. Who's going to win and what the score of the game might be? I think it's a trap game. I think that we're, the Titans are still going to win, but I think it's a trap game. You've got Corey Ooh. Davis. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. And that, that's, what, that's what I feel is I feel like wow. they're going to pull it out maybe like, a, I don't know, 33 to 31, something like that. It's going to come down to shoot up. Yeah, I think that Zach Wilson is also, you know, I mean, like I said, Corey Davis, Zach Wilson, they both got something to prove. Corey Davis playing against his old team. Those are my feelings. This feels Alex. to me like one of those. Oh, no. No, Will. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I said up, oh, no, up to myself, but I will continue. Um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> so this feels like one of those games where, like, you, you're like, oh, weird. Ryan Tannehill has two rushing touchdowns off of like three yard bootlegs on the goal line and he throws to some tight end that nobody knows. And like, they don't look good, but they win by 17 points just because the jets are so bad. So it, it it's something that I think it'll look close early and then it'll just like, you'll slowly realize, Oh yeah, no, they're the Titans are pretty bad, but they're better. Or the Titans are, are just okay, but they're better. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where we'll be. I'm, I'm pretty in alignment with what both of you guys have said. I feel like it is sort of a trap game, particularly if both Julio and AJ are out for this week. I, I think that the Jets definitely do have something to prove, and I am worried about the fact that Corey Davis is certainly going to score two touchdowns in the first half, and I'm going to want to kill myself, specifically in that <laughs> oh, moment. No. But I do think on a, on a fundamental level, we have to remember that the Jets are a truly wretched football team. Really, yes. they, they look capable of going 0-17. And so I think the Titans will scrape out a win here. I don't think it's going to be particularly pretty. 
But at the end of the day, Derrick Henry is the biggest and strongest man in this football game. And I think he's going to find a way to win the Titans the game. I'm going to give this one like a 23 to 13 Titans win, but it never feels particularly locked in until the last four minutes of the game. Some field goal yeah, action. No, it, it, will be, it will be torture to watch that game. <laughs> so I'm streaming the Tennessee Titans defense this weekend for my team. Instant Nick, reactions to Nick, that fact. You've made, it, yeah, you've made a huge mistake. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, I, and I'll tell this to, you know, anybody... I'm in another league with my my faculty uh, member cohorts, and that's one of them I mentioned to them that I was a Titans fan. One of them was like, oh, I'm, I'm starting Tennessee defense this week. And I, I'll tell you, Nick, the same thing that I told him, which is that you should never start the Tennessee Titans defense in a fantasy league as long as they exist in their current state. The issue with the Tennessee Titans defense is that they have the worst secondary maybe assembled in the modern era in the history of football. These guys are absolute, like, just let's just go back to the Seahawks game from a couple of weeks ago. The Titans miraculously pulled that game out. Again, Derrick Henry, biggest, strongest man on the field per usual. But middle of that game, end of the second quarter, there was a chance for the Titans to kind of head into the locker room, like in, in, in sniping distance, kind of in a place where they could feasibly gut out that game without a miracle comeback. Uh, and instead, sure. the Titans safeties had a miscommunication on a play. And Russell Wilson just kind of casually tossed the ball up the middle to a completely uncovered receiver who probably okay. took it to the house for 30 yards for a touchdown when nobody was particularly close to him at any point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Nick, okay. Pick, pick up the Packers. They're still available right now in our league. That's your best bet. Wow. Advice from wealthy Mike. I don't know. I feel like I'm being suckered. No, I'm worried. Yeah, I'm they're bad. This week. I appreciate the insight. I, this is another time where I'm going to like talk about how a game feels like it's going to happen. Like, like I'm, I don't know, like I'm Bill Simmons or something where it's like, you know, <laughs> this can't feel like, like Elijah Moore, you know, catching, he, you're like, what? Elijah Moore has, his 140 yards and two touchdowns because he just gets behind the defense twice. But like that could that could happen. That's the thing I that could happen. I believe Elijah Morris concussed and not playing. But Corey I Davis will easily fill that role, especially given that it's a revenge game against his easily, team. easily, easily. <laughs> Here's you I'm really banking, don't. I'm, they don't need to be good. They could have an egregious fuck up. They could give up points. I'm banking purely on sacks and picks. Zach Wilson just throwing a dumb pass. The Buccaneers no? are all available. I, mean, the, I think the I mean, Buccaneers frankly, are going like, to be a low-scoring game. I'd, I'd say the Bucs. Guys, guys, there shouldn't be defenses in this league. That's a, that's a hot take. Will is an offense-only yeah. guy. No kickers, no defense. Yeah. Yeah. What, two QBs? Uh, I, I think two QBs. I think two QBs, two tight ends in a 10-team league. I fucked up. Super flex, two tight ends. Getting nutty with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got an offensive kink. I like it. Uh, well, so just as kind of – this is now a bad segue. We lost the moment, but we're going to do it anyway. So Wealthy Mike did mention that uh, the Bucks 
defense is on the waiver wire right now. And that Nick might be a better move unless you're a sadist and want to get gashed by Corey Davis twice. That's your right. Um, I'm grinding this out. <laughs> um, but uh, that does bring up the other game of the week that we have in our outline. And uh, we have two nominally Patriots fans on the call. Fellas, Nick, Will, respectively, how are we feeling about Tom Brady, the return, Tampa versus New England? Blown out. <laughs> they're going to get blown out, Will? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, they're going to get blown out. Because you know why? Bill Belichick's a fucking fraud. Oh, he said it. Oh, oh. He always has been. Wow. Oh, wow. Browns fans now. Patriots fans, mm-hmm. you may want to turn this off. You may want to take <laughs> a long walk outside. Will's am just... I am I lashing out? Am I lashing out because I'm upset that they traded the only reason why they've been successful? Because uh, Belichick wanted to prove that it was actually him. It's like traded. Well, so, no. I, it, to be clear, Tom or they they they, 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 they just didn't. Well, he right. They didn't trade him, but they essentially did. They traded him for. For not, this makes sense. They they traded giving him that money and giving him control in the franchise for not that and for Belichick feeling good. Mm. And I don't understand how you can make that decision. But I think Alex and I know what I, why that really happened. Oh my! Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Oh shit! That I, is. It does have to be said that Tom Brady also did flee in terror. When Derrick Henry stomped all over his Patriots. Wait, um, we have to we have to say for the listeners, Michael Wealthy Rich is holding up a t-shirt to the camera that says Dynasty Killers. And I can't read the smaller font because Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Dynasty Killers, of course, the uh, January 4th, 2020, when Tom Brady played his last game as a Patriot because of the oh. Tennessee Dynasty Killers. True. I mean, when you know, when you when you've never won a championship in your in your franchise history, I guess you do have to just <laughs> take whatever bullshit wins you can get, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, someone had to do it. Someone had to slay the beast, and uh, it was Derrick Henry. All I want to say is the promo that Tom Brady cut for this game, where he's like, "I can taste the air, I can smell every color Bill Pelichick has ever seen." it's just like i'm inside i'm inside their bodies i'm inside their minds and it's like have you seen this promo where he's just like he's smiling that like sort of crazed smile you know that he's just it looks it looks almost angry to me Mm. like he's got something serious to prove and i think yeah an ass whipping is on well of course of course avocado ass whipping yeah, it's going to be fucking bad, guys. No um, possibility that Mac Jones will step in as the savior? He's been uh, fine. Solidly just fine. But all the rookie quarterbacks have been pretty bad this year, honestly. Yeah. Did you guys uh, see yeah. the, the Brady uh, press conference today? It sounds like he has COVID. A lot of people are worried that he's too, you know, he's, he's looking pretty sick. Oh, dear. Well, I mean. Wow. This, this does get back to a point that we're making in the earlier segment of the podcast, which is that um, we have a theory on it's actually good that the more brain damage that a quarterback receives over their career, the better they are likely to play. 
And Tom Brady has <laughs> received an incalculable amount of brain damage over the course of his now 20 plus year NFL just career. Just from so, having, just from listening to Alex Guerrero. That's <laughs> true. So uh, it does have to be said that it might be that Tom's brain is so mashed into whatever gelatinous form it is that he's now seeing football and maybe even reality itself on a fundamentally different plane. Can I do my oh. Phil Rivers impression? I would love that. Seven kids, eight, nine, <laughs> nine kids. That's it. That's pretty funny. <sighs> we have some other things to talk about, but I think this is the point where, Nick, you, you have a segment that you want to introduce. Do you have thoughts on this? Well, I would be remiss if we didn't play a game oh, with dear. our two Titans fans on the call. It's time for the Titans Minute, a very special segment where I will ask five trivia questions and whoever gets more of them correct will be declared the ultimate Titans fan. Wow. Well, as Will knows, I used to play bar trivia with him. He knows that I'm an expert at trivia. Mm-hmm. I will also be playing. He, will, <laughs> yeah, will knows yeah. that the, uh, the one time that I did good on trivia was uh, when you had to name all the Fast and the Furious subtitles. That was the one time that I did good in bar trivia, so... I'm sure I'm going to kill this. Yes. But it's about the Titans. So there you go. So, Will, you could be the ultimate Titans fan as well if you're looking for a new fandom to take on. (laughs) I'm, yeah, I'm going to need one. So, yes, let's do it. All right. Let's dig into it. So, the Houston Oilers played their final game in Texas during the 1996 season before moving to Tennessee and becoming the Titans. When was the franchise first founded what year you're referring to the oilers or the post move this poorly written question refers <laughs> to <laughs> <laughs> refers to the entire franchise so in Houston. they moved so they moved from texas in 96 to tennessee right Yes. But when was the Oilers franchise that presaged the yeah, Tennessee one point Titans? Houston if, yeah, we go over, if we go over, is that wrong? Um, is Price is Right rules? Right no, this is not Price is Right you just gotta, You just got to raw read this and get it. Okay. Well, I just no, saw this. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's whoever's closest. 1982. Um, I'm, I'm going to go 1978. So we've got 1982 as a guess from Will, 1976 yeah. from Michael Rich, and 1978 smack in the middle for the founding date of the Houston Oilers. The correct answer is 1959. Whoa! Wow. Which means Wealthy Mike is on the board. I what else so. is new, God folks? Damn it. <laughs> He's 1-0. and Okay. Well, I should have specified for the first question buzzing in system where you have to say your name to be heard first to get to give your guess and then it'll be to the person to the left of whoever buzzed in we'll get to go second that's how i'll do this guess we should have had aaron Rodgers hosting this i mean he's true. looking for a hosting gig you're doing a great job <laughs> <laughs> second question vince young is a man we all know and love famous for his score on the Wonderlick test, among other achievements. What number was Tennessee Titans quarterback Vince Young? Buzz in if you know. 
I'm going to buzz. Will. I'm going to give it to Will. He was number 10, of course. Ah, man. That is correct. Wow. Will (laughs) is on the board. Unbelievable. Raw read. He's in the hunt for the ultimate Titans fan. I knew that because uh, I collect football cards. I just picked up a Vince Young rookie card for about 50 cents the other day. (laughs) Oh, steal. Not really. (laughs) Uh, I thought you asked what was Vince Young's score on the Wonder, Rick? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Correct. I think that was, I think it was 18. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) which is not, that's really bad. (laughs) Okay. We've got another famous Titan number as the next question here. He came out of Ohio State University and is now a member of the Hall of Fame. He stiff armed a lot of folks. His name is Eddie George. What number did he wear for the Tennessee Titans? Will. Oh, Will is buzzed in again. Mike, Mike. number 27. This is unbelievable. <laughs> That's correct. Will is now the leader in the quest for the ultimate Titans fan belt. <laughs> With two correct answers. Let's see. I'm trying to. Do you want another question about numbers or do you want to mix it up? Let's mix it up. So many of these are numbers. And <laughs> so out of date. I should have picked you, questions. Did you do Google Tennessee Titan <laughs> trivia? Mostly. <laughs> oh, no. These are all numbers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can or go just to... absolutely impossible. Okay. I mean, this one's worth two. Okay. All right. All right. No. This is my chance. <laughs> yeah, because no one's going to get this. Okay. In 1999, yeah. the Titans won their first road game of the season against the Jaguars. Who intercepted a Mark Brunel pass in the end zone to seal the deal? Uh, Alex. Yeah. Alex. Oh, God. Fuck, I might have over it. Uh, this might be Blaine Bishop. It is not Blaine Bishop. Fuck. Anybody else want to buzz in? Will. Will. Was this Otis Smith? Who intercepted a Mark Brunel pass in the end zone to seal the deal? It was not Otis Smith. Mm. I just named Mike. any cornerback I knew. Sorry, I don't, I, I'm not even going to guess. I don't know. No guess. Can That's I, fine. Do we get secondary guesses or no? No, no second no. guess. Right. The answer is Samari Roll. Damn it. That was my guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you should have gone with it first. Yeah. Well, your guess was actually Blaine Bishop, though. Yeah, I know. That's not unreasonable to assume, though. Anyway. I okay. hope you've been using this time, Nick, to find a new question. <laughs> oh, you mean aside from all my vamping and entertaining hosting? Yeah. I think you need <laughs> to do another two-point question to give me a chance. Well, it's Will has two. Mike has one. It's first to five. Uh, Nick, okay. You haven't ever... <laughs> You can't be first five. <laughs> I think it's Nick, going great. Nick, since you're a game show host now, I just want to make sure you haven't tweeted anything about people in wheelchairs, have you? Oh, dear. Should I not do that? Are I, you I friends with Bean Dad by any chance? <laughs> Bean Dad's hilarious. <laughs> Follow him. This is the second Bean Dad reference, by the way, on this podcast. Oh, God. Yeah, you, right. you, you've. We desperately need another question. <laughs> okay. 
Here's another two-point two-parter, okay? And this one's not from the trivia website that only has questions about numbers. <laughs> At the okay, 2005 Tennessee Titans season. Part 1. Head coach. Part 2. Final record. Alex, head coach Jeff Fisher, final record 3 and 13. Okay. Part 1 is correct. I want to hear other guesses for part 2. Part 2, uh, 9 and 7. I mean, that was going to be what I was going to guess. You've gone faster, bro. I'll say 7 and 9. The answer is 4 and 12. Two points for Alex. The Let's Ultimate go. Titans fan <laughs> championship is really heating up. I know. I knew that that was a really bad season because I'm pretty sure the year after we drafted uh, Pac-Man Jones with the number three overall pick. That's tough. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't pick that as one of the questions because they actually did have Adam Pac-Man, Pac-Man Jones. Jones. Yep. You can do another Pac-Man Jones question if you want. (laughs) Here's a question for you. The Tennessee Titans had a running back named Chris Johnson. His nickname was CJ2K. How did he earn that nickname? My rushing, of course. Well, yeah. I'm not done yet. Well, that wasn't a question? No, I just... I I could have gotten that one. (laughs) (laughs) How did he earn that nickname? By rushing the ball, of course. How many yards did Chris Johnson accrue in his famous Mike. record-breaking season? Mike. I was just looking. I mean, was it 2097? It's not exactly 2097. Let's hear other guesses from the gallery. Uh, Alex. Go ahead. Or, or no, go, go ahead, Will. No, no, you can go ahead, Alex. It's fine. I, I want to say it was 2000 and. 18 like barely got by Mm. i'm going to say it was 2098 the answer might surprise you it was 2509 yards for chris johnson that's a lot of yards really that's a lot of yards that's what I'm seeing. That couldn't, that couldn't have been just rushing. That had to be all that's yards. that's total yards for sure. That's not just rushing. There's no way. That's yards from scrimmage. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Let's look up the rushing total. I was going rushing total for my guess. Which uh, King Henry actually has a chance to surpass that this year. That's true. I think that it should count. Chris Johnson I think ran for 2,006 yards oh, wow. in 2009, which means Alex Let's go. is the closest. Was that a two-parter or a one-parter? I can't remember. Maybe that was a one-parter. One. That was a one. So you have three. And this next one, I believe, is worth five points. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, this next one is actually, you hit on the daily quintuple, <laughs> which is shocking. It rarely happens. Yeah. But this one is for all the marbles, <laughs> essentially. And the question that you must answer is, what was Derek Mason's longest kickoff return in yards? Oh, uh, Alex. I heard Mike first. Fuck. Um, 93. <laughs> 93. Let's hear other guesses from the gallery. Alex, 101. Alex with 101. Will, Will 102. <laughs> Will, doing the Price is Right strat, capping it at 102. The answer is 101 exactly. 
Fuck. Let's go. I knew that. I actually knew that. <laughs> wow. Which means Alex's score of three is quintupled. 15, which means he wins the next three rounds of Ultimate Titans fan trivia. We don't have to play this for quite a long time. Ever again. I mean, who knows? We'll never play it ever again. <laughs> hey, that uh, was I'm, Ultimate Titans fans trivia. I'm, I'm, uh, I just want to say, you know, I really respect the efforts of both Will and Mike. You guys both brought your A games. Uh, and I'm just really happy to be here in this moment. So thank you very much to Nick for hosting. And uh, yeah, I am the Ultimate Titans fan. Major kudos. I, I don't know. I don't know what that says about me or my life. Probably something deeply and profoundly sad, but here we are. I'm just glad that Will didn't win. I'm glad that a Titans fan took it home. Congrats, Alec. You know it, brother. Very, very classy. Okay, final segment of the week. Let's name our fantasy game of the week. We have a few candidates. Nick versus Daniel. Will versus Josh, Blood Feud 2, Coltrane versus Ari. Can anyone slow down the Coltrane 3-0? and <laughs> What do we think? What's the key matchup? I, I think, think it's Coltrane, Coltrane versus Ari. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Can anybody yeah. slow Will, him down? Yeah. Will Ari's reliance on ECR be able to compete with the Coltrane? This the is world a, will never know. Or it will, this, actually, briefly, in, in, in a very short amount of time. This is a real heavyweight battle. Uh, these are two of the best teams in the league. I mean, obviously, Coltrane 3-0 is number one, but Ari has had some strong performances in this league. So th- this is a real fight. What has been leading to Coltrane winning? I'm looking at his team. I guess Josh Allen. Josh Allen's having a great year. Kareem Hunt has also yeah. been pretty good as well. Kareem Hunt has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the latest round of the Levenger Blood Feud, Vizier Mode is currently up. It's uh, 17.20 to zero. We'll see how that goes. Good game by James Robinson so looks, far. Looks like I'm being I'm being ordered to fry eggs for Ben and Bob. So this is where I will leave you. Rick Gamer 69 checking out. All right. Thanks, Bye-bye. buddy. Goodbye to the Grand Vizier. And thanks, of course, to our special guest, vastly wealthy Mike, for coming on and giving us a look at his stock portfolio. We will definitely not be using this information to dox you and take all of your resources in the future. Mike, any any final thoughts before we end this latest episode of It's Actually Good? No, uh, thank you, Nick and Alex. It was a lot of fun, and I appreciate you having me on. It was a joy. Always a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Tune in next week to It's Actually Good if you are a member of our Fantasy Football League or if you happen to be one of our various poor partners who has to deal with this. And once again, we cannot stress to you enough, if you are not a member of this league or one of those people, you really should not be here and we don't know why you've been listening. But regardless, it is actually good. good. All All right. right. Follow at Max Vertical for pod updates. And at Designer Smarf for pod updates and other things like that. Designer underscore Smarf, S-M-A-R-F. All right, that's all we got. All right, thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. Bye.
Almost everyone